Hey, Vin, go right ahead. I think there's something wrong at GCN. Welcome to Free Talk Live. This is the Friday edition. It's finally Friday. It's finally Friday. And we are coming to you from the beautiful Commonwealth of the Northern Marianas Islands, Saipan to be specific, in the middle of the Pacific. (laughs) On Capitol Hill. I'm Vin Armani. And oh, Alex, there we go. We, uh, I, I believe, Alex, that we will be able to take some calls today. Although there is some a, a little bit of questionability of of the, uh, the the waves traveling across the ocean. If you would like to be a part of the show today, you can do so by uh, joining us. You can call in eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's eight five five. 450 free. You can also join us on the Discord live line. Sounds great. Sounds like you're just right here with us. And you can do that by going to discord.lrn.fm. So, Alex, we are back. This is a, this is my second week of sitting in here with you. Last week we had a, a quite a good show. It's much better, I think, than doing the Friday night show in the continental United States, because we get to do a Saturday morning show yeah, here, which I appreciate. And we've got some interesting stories to discuss, definitely COVID-related, although I feel like the virus is on the wane now. Yeah, I think most people are getting tired of it. You can only be stressed out for so long. Right? Mm. It kind of reminds me of what I hear about soldiers, where after getting shot at for, you know, couple weeks couple months you're just like not phased anymore like oh just bullets flying what's the big deal right i feel like many americans are starting to come to that point where it's like okay i can't be worrying about dying every day i just accepted i could die you know let's go i want to get out to work so i don't starve i'd rather die in a hospital bed well fed than like starving in my house well, I'd like to hear from people if you would like to call in, 855-450-3733, 855-450-FREE. Any stories that people have of their own fatigue, interestingly enough, and dealing with some of the things that we want to talk to today, I don't feel that most people, certainly those outside of the medical field, are probably suffering with too much of this fatigue from an actual virus. I mean, I know that there are people, I know I, I personally know people who have lost loved ones during this time. I know people who have lost loved ones to the flu in previous years as well. I'm not trying to equate the two, but I'm saying that for most people, it feels like it is the government reaction, the lockdowns, and the losing of jobs for many people, the being you know stuck in the house with uncertainty, not being able to travel, not being able to go about their normal lives. That seems to be where the fatigue is coming from for the most part. And so some people are fed up. Yep. They've and decided they're not going to wait. And they didn't like that. <laughs> the uh, robed man was not happy. The, the story this week... People have been talking about it, but I think that it's a prime example of where we're at, and I think what we can expect more of this week, the high-profile case 
of this Dallas salon owner. The story out of the Texas Tribune headline is, Dallas salon owner released from county jail after defying orders by reopening early. Basically, what we've got is this Dallas salon owner, Shelly Luther. She opened her business against Governor Abbott of Texas's law. I guess they went through a process. This She had been at these protests. She had been saying that she was going to open up. This was known. There were people out there. It was, so it was a setup. She was kind of playing a, a Rosa Parks role, if you yeah. will, right? Like this was a known piece of civil di- disobedience that she was going to do. She opened her salon. The sheriffs, the county sheriff, Dallas County, came and I guess they served her a cease and desist notice. They went through all the things. And then they arrested her. And she went in front of a judge. The judge's name is, let's see, uh, let's see, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins was the one who served her the season, uh, temporary restraining order. And the district uh, judge, Eric Moye, found her in contempt of court when they brought her in. The interesting part about the story was she was she had been in jail. She was just recently released. The Supreme Court released her. She was not jailed for violating the stay-at-home order. She was jailed, and people, if you haven't seen this, you should go and watch this. She was jailed because she would not apologize when... This judge, Eric Moyer, said, if you apologize, I'll let you go. Yeah, which is, it's crazy, right? It's, that's like power hungriness at its peak. Well, All you need to do is, you know, kiss the ring and you can leave. That, you know? That's really what Just I wanted big to talk about. Smooch in, <laughs> right here on the ring and uh, you're free to go. I mean, that's really what I wanted to talk about today was watching the rule of law go away on multiple levels. So first you have this order where she has a licensed business that she's healthy. As far as we know, there's neither her nor her clients or her employees. Nowhere in any of this did anyone say, oh, this person is supposed to be under quarantine. They have some sort of medical order. They've Uh, come into contact with somebody positive, nothing like that. They were wearing masks. They were practicing social distancing as much as they could. Obviously, in a salon, you've got to be next to somebody. Um, And yet, she was told she couldn't open her business. Now, having been a brick-and-mortar business owner, I know that there are municipal codes, there are county codes. I've never seen one. I would assume that there isn't one in Dallas, but I have never seen one that says arbitrarily on the order of the governor, we can just say that you may not open. There's usually some uh, hours, you know, some viable business hours. There's but then it was an emergency. Yeah. It, it, it was a health emergency. Yeah. yeah, this is where it gets worrisome. You know, a few thousand people died. In, in Dallas area, it was probably like what? Hundreds probably, not Maybe even, even less. Yeah, probably. And it's a spread out. Dallas County is super spread out if people haven't been there. Yeah. And, and it's been shut down for a while. I yes. came from Dallas before I moved here. So I have 
some friends and family still there. And they shut down very quickly. There were barely any cases, and the whole metro just、mm. shut down completely. So I can't imagine there were too many cases at that point. So it's, that's the other thing that is kind of interesting. What is a health emergency? Exactly. Do you have to have cases? Clearly, you don't, because there were places that shut down that declared a state of emergency. Prime example that I'm thinking of is Modoc County, which is a very small county. It's got 10,000 people. Modoc County in California still has had no cases, no confirmed cases. Shut down. Shut down. They just recently reopened because they said, this is crazy. Yeah. So if you can have no cases and declare a health emergency, and by declaring a health emergency,、you、all can- of the laws are out? Yeah, it seems like all you need is like a bad flu season and you become a dictator. Legally. I think that's what we're seeing. I think that's what we're seeing. The interesting part about this story is not only was she released, but after this, the governor changed his mind on the jail time penalty, which had been 180 days for violating his order. Changed it and said, okay, no, we're not going to do jail time. Which makes me think, is it that serious then? If it was so serious that you had to have 180 days of jail time, which is six months, put somebody in jail for six months, but it was so arbitrary that you could just, on a whim, say, oh, never mind, not, not that important. Not go down to 90, not go down to 30, not say, you know, we're going to.、Uh, Make the threshold under which we'll put somebody in jail. No, 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 none of that. Just,、uh, okay, maybe we didn't need that. How many other things don't you need? That's a good question. And at the same time, they're releasing the other criminals, right? It's like、yes. the, the hardened criminals come out and the. Talk Live. We are here in Saipan, Commonwealth of the Northern Marianas Islands. Saturday morning for us, but it's the Friday night show for most of our listeners. I am Vin. And it's Alex. And we would love to have you join in on the conversation. You can call in 855 450 3733. That is 855 450 free, as in freedom. We're here in the Northern Marianas Islands because we are passionate about cryptocurrency. We're trying to find a little more liberty, economic liberty. Yep. And I am very, very dedicated to finding that liberty through cryptocurrency, through Bitcoin, and one of the greatest advocates. Of Bitcoin and of liberty through Bitcoin has been the founder of Bitcoin.com, Roger Veer, also known as Bitcoin Jesus. Amen. <laughs> All praises be unto him. <laughs> and one of the products that I have liked the, the most in terms of being able to deliver economic freedom, financial liberty, Has been that has come from Bitcoin.com has been local.bitcoin.com. It's a trading platform that allows you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, 
remittances, or you can even meet in person with cash. There's no ID requirements to sign up, no ID requirements to use the site. All communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. It's a global trading platform that actually respects your privacy, which is you can't have freedom if you don't have privacy. Yeah, it's important. Fourth Amendment. Fourth Amendment. It's the privacy amendment, man. So localbitcoin.com, local.bitcoin.com, you can go and you can start trading Bitcoin Cash immediately, which is my favorite cryptocurrency, local.bitcoin.com. So before we were talking about Shelly Luther, she is the Dallas resident who is the coronavirus Rosa Parks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is a, a uh, blonde, white Rosa Parks, which I think is in some ways appropriate. We, t- we spoke last week about the fact that there, were, there was a racial component that was thrown onto the protests that happened in Michigan. The governor of Michigan even saying, oh, these protesters are showing the, the, the worst of racism. And because they were mostly Caucasian, there were not many people of color. And yet, if we go back a little ways to the 60s and we go to who were, who were the last group that notably, quote unquote, stormed a state capitol well-armed? Black Panthers. Black Panthers in the state of California. I found this to be an interesting moment as a, as a person of color. And we're two uh, Americans of color, right, who can sort of sit and, and, you know, and we're outside of the U.S. I said I came to the end of the empire to watch the end of the empire. So we get to kind of narrate at a distance as observer, observers. The, the fact that people cannot recognize the broader issue, we're talking about the, the rule of law falling apart here, the broader issue of freedom, the things that people of color have been fighting for. It seems to me like in a lot of the woke, blue check Twitter community, they, all of that has been forgotten. There's, they still want to have a, an argument about all of these old issues and they miss the forest for the trees that it's like, it doesn't matter that this is a white suburban woman who's opening up and who actually managed to change the political situation through her defiance and through her actions, standing up to a judge who I believe was a person of color, interesting role reversal, who said, apologize to me. Yeah. Infantilizing her. How is this not something that, that we would imagine would be happening during the civil rights movement, right? Where they had, you know, voting tests and whatnot that were only just for black folks, where it's like, no, nah, you, you have to pass this test, this infantilization. And to where she said, he said, apologize. She said, I'm not going to apologize. Oh, he said, because you're selfish. Apologize for being selfish. Because she opened her salon. She said, it's not selfish to want to feed your children. I have employees who are unable to feed their children. And so I'm not going to apologize. And if you want to throw me in jail and do what you're going to do, then do it. 
If that's not Rosa Parks, I don't know what is. If that's not the analog, it's American. That's what it is, right? This this is an important this is an important point. I've been starting to see civil disobedience. And it's interesting that all of the civil disobedience has been coming from the places that I did I wouldn't have expected the civil disobedience to come from. It's not coming from the woke. It's not woke. I'm seeing a lot of of fair-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, suburban, upper-middle class are rising up. The interesting part about that is that's who you don't want to rise up. Well, it's more that when they rise up, things have gotten bad, right? It's one thing for like the the young 20-something-year-olds to go for a, a nice Friday night riot, right? But when the the suburban moms are rising up. Then things have gone serious. And and isn't wasn't that really the legend of Rosa Parks? Or isn't that the reason why her image was powerful? It wouldn't have been as powerful, and it wasn't as powerful when you had the young students doing the the sit-ins like SNCC and all of that. It's it would be powerful if it went so far that they were you know, like killed as, as it happened in some cases, you know, where you get like the story out of Mississippi burning. But the, I think the powerful part about Rosa Parks was that for the most part, that particular generation of black folks in the South was not creating a lot of problems. They were not for the most part out marching. She was a uh, professional woman she would have been, she was very demure in appearance she wouldn't look like the type of woman who would be out there raising hell if you will and i think the same thing goes for this dallas you don't think that a dallas middle-aged suburban white salon owner in dallas is going to be the one who goes up against the state and that's why they're so scared right that's why the governor and all of the political apparatus in, in Texas was like, all right, we got to end this fast, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if she's protesting, who knows what's next? So let's talk about what's next when we're back from the break. I think that we are on the verge of something big, bigger than we've ever seen. And now is the time for people to start talking about this. Now is the time for people to start acting. Look at what this Sher- Shelly Luther woman did. I think it's unbelievable. We will talk about it after the break right here on Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com free talk live it is the friday show coming to you from the sunny beautiful absolutely beautiful today northern marianas islands i am vin and it's alex we're having a conversation here, and we would like for you to join us as well. You can talk about what we're talking about, but of course you can 
discuss anything that you want to discuss. It is free talk live. We are not going to censor you. You are able to discuss what you would like to discuss. Although I have a feeling that discussion of the global, unprecedented lockdown and economic crisis that is affecting every single human being on the planet might be something that you want to talk about, but we won't hold you to that. You can talk about whatever you would like to talk about, and you could do that by calling us at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. You can also call in on the Discord lines. That's discord.lrn.fm. If you visit that link, you will be popped right into the Discord chat. We've got on-air call-in lines there, and you can use the app on your phone. You can use the app on your desktop machine. You can use the app on your tablet, I presume. And you can join us. It'll sound like you're right here in the studio. We would love to hear from you. Before we get into the rest of our discussion, we've got an economic crisis. I think that we need new economic solutions. People know that I am a big cryptocurrency guy. Some of the best and most exciting cryptocurrency projects come out of the free state of New Hampshire. I was there for a year. Some of you may have heard me on Free Talk Live when I was there. One of the most important businesses, a business that I use, AnyPay. Excellent cryptocurrency point of sale system. And I would like to see more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash. I think many of you feel the same way. Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. You download the AnyPay Cash Register app, add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses, then install it at a real-life business, and then Go to anypayinc.com and tell them what you did, anypayinc.com. This is an important project. You want to see more financial freedom for people. You want to give people more liberty. I know a lot of you are out there and you are pushing businesses to accept cryptocurrency. Now, if you push a business to accept cryptocurrency and they say, hey, yeah, I want to go for that, you're going to get paid on every single purchase that goes through that business. What's better than that? What's better than that? So if you've got a friend who runs a, a business, when it reopens, tell them, hey, any pay, and you get a little piece of everything that goes through. I love it when incentives are aligned. Anypayinc.com to go and start getting set up. So we're talking about incentives. We're talking about what incentive is there for people to have some civil disobedience regarding these lockdowns. We've got the example of Shelly Luther, this Dallas salon owner who opened her business. I would I would cut you off there and Please say, cut me off. Not what incentive do you have to uh for disobedience? What incentive do you have to be obedient? You've been obedient for how many weeks sitting in your house mm-hmm. like a good boy or a good girl and how has that worked for you? Most well, it's likely destroyed you've been, the economy. It's, it's absolutely destroyed the economy. Most likely you've been screwed as a result, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. obedience is not working. And now let's look. What happens when you're, you're not obedient and you do the right thing? You say, I'm going to feed my family. I'm not just going to starve and mm-hmm. suffer, lose my business just to be obedient. 
You know, this is America. It's a free country. We have rights. These orders may not even be constitutional, may not even be legal. Right? I, th- I think they're not constitutional. I'm pretty sure that these orders are – well, you know, before the show started, we were talking about my own personal experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you raised the same issue with me. And I think that it is a valid statement. It's like, Vin, you were put in a FEMA camp. You yeah, were put there context, with your family. Right? Right? You flew into the U.S. Mariana Islands. Correct. And they said all incoming passengers will be quarantined for 14 days to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Healthy or sick, by the way. No tests, no symptoms, no anything. No. Just you came to the island. You're yes. going to this hotel to be quarantined that mm-hmm. is uh, you know, funded by FEMA with armed guards. And yes. you, know, you can't leave. Your deliveries are monitored. Like there's, yes. It's like a prison. Yes. Well, it is literally imprisonment. I, don't, I think by any definition, if you have armed guards ringing a facility and they determine when you can and cannot leave an, a particular area, that is imprisonment. If I was to put you in my house, it doesn't matter where it is, right? The facility doesn't matter. If I was to take you to my house and I told you you can't leave and there were armed guards all around, I've imprisoned you. Yeah. That's imprisonment. Yeah. And so myself... And my family, we were imprisoned by the government here without trial, without being tested. That's the other interesting thing, that they were like, you're going to go for 14 days. We're not going to test you beforehand. And we're not going to test you when you leave. No, all they did was, I mean, they took our temperature every day, right? They took our temperature every day. But we currently, right now, even though they're still... To call this a lockdown is probably one of the more tamer lockdowns that's that's out there. Um, businesses are closed, but I have a feeling a lot of those businesses would be closed anyway because so many of these businesses well, the are only relying businesses on tourists. The only forced to be closed are the restaurant, bars, and gambling establishments. Which would uh, many of them would be closed anyway because there's no tourists here. Yeah, zero tourists. So you know, but out on the beach, people are out. There's no mandatory masks. Certainly not being enforced by any police that i've seen yeah they don't seem to like them very much no so it's it's a relatively tame lockdown but you asked me the question i think it's a very valid question you asked me the question okay vin you're a lover of liberty you're someone who uh talks the talk here you were in prison why didn't you walk the walk why weren't you suing why weren't you you know trying to get an injunction so that you would be let out? Why weren't you challenging the constitutionality of this whole situation? I think that's a valid question, right? I think it's totally valid. Um, I knew that there was a lockdown. I knew that there was going to be a quarantine before I came. So it wasn't as though I I chose to come from where I was and, and to come and to be in that situation. The question is, it's a question of trade-offs, right? And I think that this is... It goes exactly to what we were talking about with the Shelley Luther woman and why, if you're seeing the soccer moms rise up, then you know that you're on the brink of something. And it's like it's a question of trade-offs because the question is, had I done that, what's the best-case scenario for me and my family? The best-case scenario is we're let out of quarantine before the 14 days. The trade-off of that is I'm now on a tiny island where everybody knows everybody, and I'm the guy who went up against the government, 
I'm the guy who some percentage of the population is like, he just wants all of us to die. He wants He's some new guy, and he wants all of our old people to die. This is probably not the way that I want to start out my – I don't want to make the expense and the risk and travel to a place where I start myself off there. So that's, that's, that's my trade-off. I was going to get out in 14 days anyway. That's how I looked at it. Maybe that's wrong. Yeah, you're selfish. you got to apologize. <laughs> Seven days in jail if you don't apologize. I, th- I think the selfishness is important here. Incentives are always important. I think that when it gets to a point when acting in her own self-interest, a white suburban soccer mom goes up against the state, you know that the state has reached a high level of corruption. High level. And uh, what that means, I think, is really big. It's obviously meaning something from a political standpoint. It's going to mean something from an economic standpoint. We'd love to hear from you. Call in 855-450-3733, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's the Friday show. I am Vin. It's Alex. We are coming to you from the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Saipan, to be specific. Middle of the Pacific. If you want to join us, we'd love to have you call in. Call in number is 855-450-3733. That is 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. You can also hit us on the Discord lines. Discord call-in line. You can use your Discord app at discord.lrn.fm. We've got some callers on the line that I am going to get to here. We uh, can't wait to hear what you have to say. Before I do, just wanted to tell you a little bit about Divi, the next generation wallet that is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat, that's US dollars, euros, right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers up the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network when the new Divi wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union. Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That is DiviProject.org. So to the phone lines we go, we have... Uh, Matthew in Louisiana, he's been listening on YouTube. He's been on hold. Matthew, what say you, sir? I say I am really getting frustrated with the fear porn that the mainstream media and even a lot of the conservative media, like Breitbart, good Lord, uh, pumps out every day. And I'm just like, there's a treatment for this condition, for this disease. If it's applied early enough, hydroxychloroquine, Zinc, uh, sulfate, and AZT. And you can even use just the zinc sulfate and the hydroxychloroquine to help protect the quote-unquote vulnerable population out there. We keep acting like this. there's no treatment. There's nothing that will make the slightest dent 
You know, we have to wait in lockdown until the great vaccine shows up. And there's a lot of people saying, uh, I don't know, Bill Gates and vaccines, not a good track record there. Well, what do you say, Matthew, what do you say to the idea that whether or not there is a cure, whether or not there is a vaccine, the numbers seem to be pretty clear that it's about uh, a 0.05% mortality rate, meaning 99.95% of people are just fine. And as I understand, it's over 90% of people who contract uh, the infection don't even have any symptoms. What do you say to the to that, regardless of whether or not there's any sort of a, a cure or uh, medicine for therapy? Well, that's another problem is that Guess what? The people who have the dreaded comorbidities, they never find out about those numbers. Mm. You know why? Because nobody informs them. Right. Right. They're they're convinced that, you know, this thing is lurking out there waiting to jump down their throat and start the train of disease that will wipe them out. So, so if we, so I think we know this. I think there's a lot of people listening who realize this. Obviously, if they're listening to this show, why do you think that otherwise educated, I guess we can put that in quotes, supposedly rational individuals, worldly individuals, professional journalists, are participating in this, as you call it, fear porn? And I think that's probably an appropriate term. What, where are the incentives at? We've been talking about incentives. Where do you see the incentives? Why are these people who are, who are per- perpetrating this fear porn, why are they doing this? There's two incentives. One is, uh, frankly, just financial. My wife is just glued to watching uh, mm-hmm. you know, the local uh, TV news station tell her uh, that we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is, frankly, ideological. They are determined to destroy the economy so that, you know, they can proclaim it to be Trump's economy at long last. He destroyed Obama's mm-hmm. economy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that's a, that's a very good point. I, I have always loved the, the, the adage, uh, always assume human stupidity before you assume uh, organized malevolence. And I think that there is really the incentive, the perverse incentive for the media that, well, I mean, look, we're here talking about it. So obviously we're, I guess in some ways we're feeding right into it. Although I think that we're trying to flip the script a little bit. Obviously, how could you not be talking about this topic? But if it bleeds, it leads, right? So it's like fear, people have to pay attention. Make them afraid. S- sounds like something else needs to start bleeding. <laughs> Are you saying that... The, he, he said it sounds like something else might need to start bleeding. And I'm wondering if you, you might be referring, uh, Alex, to the tree of liberty needing to be watered with the blood of tyrants. Is that what you're uh, I am a fan of that quote. Yes. Uh, it, is, it is an important quote, and it is... You know, when when people are driven to a certain level... By the way, Matthew, thank you for your call. I think you're spot on. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for the call. Uh, When people are driven to that level, how far are you going to drive people? I think that's a a very, very good question. Are you going to drive people to the point of bloodshed? Like, at what point 
does it get there? I, I don't think it takes much. You have a salon owner. I and, think you and, need a nationwide Waco watching this weekend to get people all fired up. <laughs> Come out next week for some protests and, uh, you know, maybe it's time to start giving our executive orders of our own. Well, let's see what Keith thinks about all of this. Keith is at, uh, he's listening on KTUI. Keith, welcome to the show. What do you think about Alex saying that we need to take this a lot further than we are? Well, it's great to talk to you live. I would say that prior to this about the economics and trying to find new ways of thinking about economics is spot on. I think the whole all that stuff is all propaganda. And I think that people need to step back. Not like I'm saying that, just as I listen to your show. It's like this secondhand information is everybody's hyped up over secondhand information. I read this on this. I read this on this. I read this on this. And so the way I would try to get out of that matrix would be to ask a question from base camp here in Missouri is, have you ever skydived? Because skydiving isn't a game. It's You need to think about things for real. And it's a natural thing. Gravity is natural. It can do stuff to you. It's not man-made. And so all we're arguing about all these man-made systems that are collapsing, and, and I think some of them need to collapse. So anyway, glad to reach out to you guys just thinking about when we're talking, going, I read this in the news versus this is the fact. So the fact how you read you... in the news is secondhand information. I think that is a vi- that is an incredibly valid uh, comment. You you didn't leave, did you, Keith? Are you still there? No, I'm here. I'm okay. I, I'm so, so, so in all the time. I'm just working on stuff. So I appreciate you guys speaking freely, like you are. You got a good format for your radio. Yeah, I like yeah it. Question, the question I have for you because I think that it's a valid criticism, and I think that we would like to be able to have firsthand knowledge. How would you suggest then that people who are looking to find out what is really going on in places that they are not? How would you suggest okay, that's then? A, that's a good. That's a good go question. The initial the initial response. And I'm coming from philosophy. My background's in philosophy. Is all you really need to do is qualify. Hey, this is secondhand information. Hey, this is firsthand information. I know. Nine grandmas that got the virus, kids. No, that's firsthand, you know? So it's so, like, so my, you my question is... qualify it saying, hey, guess what? I woke up this morning and I read the news and I believe everything that I see in the media. And, oh my God, you know, and that also the propaganda. Not that you're... You guys are discussing the propaganda, so that's cool, right? But, but to, to preface that, to go, I'm discussing propaganda in the first place. Right. And, and sure, sure, sure. And I, I think that there is a, you know, this is an epistemological problem. I mean, to get philosophical, I mean, Great the question, question. Of, right? The, 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 well, the, the, the question of, of truth, how do we determine truth? Uh, if you if you want to stick around, I think that there's actually there's actually some some meat in this conversation. And I think it's important for, for us to talk about how we might be able to tell what is and what is not propaganda, as that is something that is going to impede on people's freedom. Uh, Keith, if you want to stick around, if you want to join us, you can call in 855-450-3733. That is 855-450-FREE. You can also join us on Discord, discord.fl. 
Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, the Friday show from Saipan, Northern Marianas Islands. I am Ben. It's Alex. And we're talking lockdown, rule of law, propaganda, all of the above. If you'd like to join us or you'd like to talk about anything, of course, phone lines are open. 855-450-3733 is the number to get on air. 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. We... We are in the midst of something really, really crazy right now. It's not as crazy as I'd like, to be honest. <laughs> How crazy would you like it to be? I like 1776. Aha, aha. Do you feel that we have reached that level? This is the question. What do you mean, do I feel, right? Mm, okay, go Do on. I feel we've reached that level or have the society feel we've reached that level? Because society seems to be, it's the bread and circuses, right? Yes. You know, we got, yes. now, now in the day of Netflix and YouTube and all of those, the, uh, you know, revolutionary spirit that once made America, you know, such a thriving democracy, mm-hmm. you know, in quotes, democracy, right. is, uh, it seems to have been, you know, a bucket of water. Netflix was just a bucket of water poured on the fire of the American spirit. You're saying Tiger King was a way of uh, suppressing the people? You watch Tiger King and you feel excitement. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. great. You know, Mm -hmm. this is like only in America can this exist. This is, we have so much freedom. We're so great. You pat yourself on the back and then you do nothing, right? You're entertained. You feel that like American pride, that American sense of duty, you know, but there's no action. Interesting. And it's until, and that's what I think we saw in Dallas, right? Once they talked about their kids in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bread ran out. There was still circus, right? The circus is going to be there in perpetuity. Yes. It's no more, oh, we got to source these gladiator, gladiators and catch some tigers and lions. You know, it's kind of difficult to like drag them all the way back. They don't have to worry about any of that anymore. There's mm. unlimited circus. Just watch CNN. To get the circus. Mm. It is interesting that just from a symbolic sort of mythological standpoint, that the circus 
the the Netflix circus that happened at the same time as this tyranny was rolled in involved a tiger in much the same way that the gladiatorial circuses would involve it involved big cats. That was a big part of the gladiator stuff. Yeah. Very, very interesting right there. And it's also interesting that Waco came out during mm. this quarantine period as mm. well, the Netflix documentary. And, you know, I was wondering, would this start to rile people up? And maybe you can make the argument. I believe it came out like in the last month. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Texans are like, what are we doing? Mm. Why are we listening to this big government, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, I think it was more the bread. The bread had started to run out. Whereas most Americans, they don't have the savings to sustain this, right? In right. China, they, they're very, they're like squirrels with their money, right? right? They're just hoarding a supply of acorns. Probably they could have had a lockdown for a year. Right. And they're well prepared financially. Some are. In Some general, are. I would say the savings rates are very, very high in mm, East Asia. Mm, mm. The savings rates in America, you know, your credit card is like your, your piggy right. bank here. That's right. So now the credit cards are maxed out. Mm. The $1,200 checks that everyone thought were like around the corner, you know, many have still not gotten them. Mm. And people are right. saying, you know, yeah, the Netflix is great, but, you know, I need some money to buy my Domino's. So let's talk 1776. So 1776, crazy thing is like we have the document, you know, they left the document of that was basically the, the, the why of why are we doing this, right? So they leave the Declaration of Independence. You go to D.C., you go to the National Archives or whatever, you see it framed and beautifully lit. I feel like we never learn really about this very important document in school. It's, it's interesting in terms of their why because Jefferson actually lays out this bullet point. He's like, okay, here, here's the things. We hold these truths to be self-evident. So we believe all of this to be true. Uh, all men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with rights. Main among those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Most people stop there. He goes on in the bullet points. He says, governments are instituted among men, and they derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. They're instituted to protect those rights that I just mentioned. And then he says, when governments stop protecting those rights, it is the right of the people, the last right, to either alter or abolish the government. And so we're talking life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Life, okay, maybe there isn't a, a mass genocide. Liberty, people are on lockdown. And that is, I think that this Dallas story and the story of the businesses that we will see in the coming weeks who are going to open against governor and presidential orders, depending on where they are, I think that has to do with the pursuit of happiness. I think if you can't, if, if pursuit of happiness has to be an economic it has to be talking about economic activity it has to be well i think life and liberty too right it's no life if you're just locked in your house all day how is that living mm, mm, mm. Well, certainly, well i'm certainly in terms of liberty i mean being locked in your house without trial no crime healthy people i mean we're talking about healthy people yeah law no symptoms Locked in their homes, which I actually, I mean, to the point of, of no symptoms, I think that this is an interesting microcosm and something that we've been talking about for the last several days. We are now in a, there is a, a, there is a state of emergency declared in CNMI in the Commonwealth. We have had, I think, I believe 
12, no, 20, something like that. People like 14 have? cases. Okay, 14 total cases. Two died. Oh, 15 total cases. Two died. 12 have recovered. Just recently, there was a, a 17-year-old boy in the last, what, three days, four days? Yeah. Who was, they tested him because they started doing testing. Asymptomatic, but he tested positive. So one positive, one confirmed positive case in this commonwealth, in this jurisdiction, with no symptoms. Basically in the last month, right? In the last month. About one case. And still, there is a continuing, quote-unquote, state of emergency and lockdown. And my message to people out there is, the people who think, you know, we were talking before the break about this propaganda, that there's propaganda out there. I think the biggest propaganda, the biggest lie that's being told is that somehow these lockdowns are going to be ending soon, that there's any kind of plan to come out of them, that it's going to stop, that we're going to go back to the way that it is. I think that is the biggest propaganda. And once people figure out that that is a lie, if they can't keep that lie going, I think you may just see violence in the streets. That's where I think it goes to because people are... I think if you give people a timeline and you make them think, oh, it'll come, it'll come out of this. Like I was talking about, I knew that 14 well, days why later. Why will they be out. violent? What is frustration? Like I, I think frustration. there's a lot of romanticism of, of like the civil war, right? There's going to be an upcoming civil war. The boogaloo. All, the, all boogaloo. the differences will be settled. Everything will be resolved. And, you know, all of the, the people stocking up on bullets for the last 10 years they're going to come out ahead. Mm. In reality, I don't think there's going to be a civil war, right? If there, mm-hmm. The red line should have been crossed like decades ago. You know, it should have been crossed when we had the income tax. You know, when they, they changed the constitution of the income tax, the drug war. There's been dozens of points mm. where people should have put their foot down and said, you know, this is not American. Well, let's go back to the Declaration of Independence. Because what's so interesting is after the truths that they hold to be self-evident, Jefferson himself addresses your point. He's like, history has shown us that people are much are willing to suffer evil while evils are sufferable. But there comes a point when they can no longer be suffered. I just wonder if we are reaching that. It should have happened. Yeah, how about the Patriot Act? That, should have, that was the call to rise if, if there was one, right? They even named it the Patriot Act. But now... Now we're seeing the rise of the soccer mom, and it may be the harbinger of a, a new American revolution. Who knows? We'll talk about it after the break. Call in 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the Friday show, Saturday morning here, because we are coming to you from Saipan. In the northern Marianas Islands, I am Vin. It's Alex. We are talking about we are talking about liberty, which is appropriate. We are talking about the weird moment in liberty that we find ourselves in as Americans. Have we been asleep? Is the sleeping giant about to awaken? You seem to think so, uh, Alex. Am I no. mischaracterizing your position? No, I, I hope so, but I'm uh, somewhat realistic in that there's just no incentive for... You need a, a large-scale 
uh, like organized or at least mass, you know, upheaval. Whereas we see pockets of of outrage, pockets of civil disobedience, but I just don't see it happening at a, a national level, especially or even uh, a state level. Right? It seems most people are content with as long as look at like something like gun control, right? Hmm. A large percentage of Americans are pro Second Amendment. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somewhere around half, but mm-hmm. they don't care if California clamps down on gun laws or New Jersey or Connecticut or Massachusetts. They just laugh. You know, all oh, those idiots, you know, living in those, you know, silly states, they should just move. It's only when it comes to them that they care. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really hindering the country as a whole is that no one cares unless it affects them. It's this like selfishness, this individualist mentality where you know i'm fine like i don't care about the rest of the country as if we're we're self-contained right Hmm. well if uh, i i would like to hear other people's thoughts on that should it be individualism are people is it individualism to rise up is it individualism to not rise up is it selfish this woman uh shelly what's shelly luther she was accused by the judge of being selfish by opening her business you, you might say she's being selfish by not opening her business. If people want to talk about it, 855-450-3733. Before we get to uh, our calls and the rest of our discussion, I want to tell you a little bit about Intercoin. Intercoin is the next step in the evolution of money. Just as the internet is a global network that connects local networks, Intercoin is a global currency platform that enables communities around the world to issue and manage their own currency to circulate among their local population. Intercoin enables fintech innovation on the community level, leading to stronger communities, greater sustainability, less poverty, and more productivity. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the internet and in meat space. That's real life. We think it is important here on Free Talk Live. So, so important that FTL accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Inc. for advertising. If you think freedom is important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. You can check out more at intercoin.org. So economics, let's talk about economics. Let's talk about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Hard to pursue happiness in poverty, certainly. Poverty kills people. I think a great example, we're looking at California now facing a $54.3 billion deficit and 18% unemployment, Newsom's office projects. This is from the Sacramento Bee. The interesting part about this, the stark reality, is that this is coming off of January, a difference, what was it? There was going to be a surplus. They were going to have a multi-billion dollar surplus as of January, the office said a, a uh, $5.6 billion surplus and add to its reserves. In January, they said that was going to be it. Now they're saying, oh, $54.3 billion deficit. So a slide of $60 billion into the negative and 18% unemployment from a lockdown. Shouldn't that be enough for people to rise up as we're seeing some people go out onto the beach we're seeing these protests 
if going out to the beach is rising up, you know, we might as well just give up now. All right, what is that? People aren't going to the beach to protest. They're going to the beach because it's hot out. They want to swim. They're like, you know, that's there, there's no like greater protest meaning behind it. People just they want to go outside. They're stuck inside. They want to go out. It's, well, I, I want to give a, I want to give a counterpoint to that because I was seeing a lot of people who are really protesting in Huntington Beach. Recently, I saw a video of a woman. I thought this was appropriate. She was carrying the American flag. The police were there. She ran out onto the beach to incite the police to take action against her. They did. They went. They put her on the sand. They were going to arrest her when people flooded onto the sand surrounding the police officers. Eventually, the officers had to let her go, and they just, the officers just walked away. I think this is something for people to pay attention to, that one of the reasons why silliness absurdity can continue and because it really is absurd to take a lone woman again this just happened to be a woman who looked like a soccer mom you know probably 40 something uh, white blonde runs out onto the beach and then all of these people swarm around the police the only reason that any of this can be enforced that this absurdity can be enforced is because the people who are protesting against it are, are protesting, you know, one-off, like this woman opening her salon. It's not like all of the businesses in that area just decided, you know what, let's all open. I guarantee you, when that happens, everything opens, COVID or not. You know, most of this has been, most of the shutdown happened without any state violence whatsoever. In California, it was amazing to watch everybody just shudder. I, I saw very little resistance. I mean, I guess there were some gun shops and stuff, but that was it. Well, they were smart about it. They said, oh, this is going to be for two weeks. Right. Don't worry. You right. Know? It's, right. They, they've gotten very good at slowly boiling the frog. And they're also very good at letting out some tension. They're going to make you feel like you've won some victories. Pat yourself on the back for doing something you should be able to do anyways. It's yes. like, yeah, we, we had a major victory. It's like, I don't know if it's a major victory to be able to like, you know, go back to how you were before, right? The tyranny didn't start with COVID. It's been going on for decades, getting worse and worse and worse. And so it's, that's why I'm, I'm pushing back on this, you know, going to the beach is some great protest. What I would like to see happen is people to really reflect on the entire idea of like, what are, why do we have these, you know, so-called leaders at all? What are they doing for us? What have they been doing? the last few decades. They've mismanaged mm. the situation for years and years. You know, we could have been prepared for this. There's some states like Wyoming, they have 100% of uh, their their yearly budget in a rainy day fund. So they could mm. just have no revenue for a year and be fine. But is but is that fine? Because if you're talking about no revenue for a year, what that means is fundamentally... The government is fine, not everyone else. But is the government fine? Because the government is a parasite of economic activity. They make their money off taxes. If there's no economic activity, there's no taxes, maybe you survive for one year, but how do you pull out of it? Let's, let's talk about where we could possibly go when we come back from the break. If you'd like to join us, if you've got some thoughts about what things may look like in the future, you can get involved in the conversation. 855-450-3733. 850 free. This is Free Talk Live. 
Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. This is the Friday show. We are coming to you from Saipan, the Commonwealth of the Northern Marianas Islands. I am Ben. It's Alex. We are talking about maybe where should we as Americans be thinking that things are headed? Where should we be hoping to take things? Is this our opportunity to embrace the American spirit? No more hope and change stuff, Obama, you know. (laughs) We've tried that. It didn't work. We need to be focusing on how can we make America great again? How and can we not one, have hope and change? Don't, don't you have to have hope to change? I don't want the propaganda, don't, but don't we have to have hope? No, we need to get beyond hope. When it mm. goes from, being a necess- from hope to a necessity, that's when we'll get change. Right? All the wishful thinking in the world has not done much for us. We need people to start putting their foot down and say, enough is enough. Right. We need a sensible plan. We need a very clearly articulated plan. No more of this, oh, we're going to play it by ear. You know, If there's five cases tomorrow, we might shut everything down. If there's two, we might allow you to you know, be five feet apart. There's none of that. We need a very clear plan. What happens if it, like, with contingencies? Right? I almost feel like we need the military-style management for this, where they can have contingencies for everything and say, here's what we're going to do. In these five different scenarios, here's our objective. We will achieve the objective. So I, I am going to push back on this and say that that sounds to me like inviting the vampire in. I think the last thing that we need is central planning. I think that if we want oh, to I see freedom... I didn't say freedom, central planning. I said a, we need a plan. Right now, there's, it's decentralized. So far, the plans no plan. have failed. This no, is, there's this not is been the, a plan. What has the plan been? It's just... Well, exactly. We'll wait to see what comes out as the like news or data or whatever they use. I'm not sure if they make their policy from CNN or the WHO or, or what. Nowadays. All of the above, Bill Gates. What, so from whom should we be expecting a plan? From whom? From the, the people who are declaring their emergency powers. If so from gonna, the same people who have given us no give plan. give yourself you know, the dictator powers, so it's time yes. to start dictating and you know, acting like the you know, martial law you know, person you are. So it's like we have martial law without the, the martial you know, prowess. So are you advocating for martial law now? I'm not advocating for martial law. I'm advocating for, for a plan, for something. I mean, ideally the plan would be let's open up and let the people who know what the situation is on the ground decide. Right? When you try to 
micromanage how many people per square feet without even seeing the the business. I think that is a poor plan. But isn't letting the people on the ground, the people closest to it, in other words, the individuals decide for themselves, isn't that the exact opposite of a government plan? Isn't the whole idea of a government plan that the government dictates what people do? It sounds to me like what no, it, it's, not, the, it's not a military plan. Go ahead. chain of command, right? They decentralized it. The on-the-ground person has a lot of autonomy in many cases because they have the, the most up-to-date intel. But so the, the on-the-ground person is not able to just say, yeah, I don't want to go along with that mission. Yeah, the mission is clear. Get America up and running again. Get the what does economy that mean? Go- but what does that, that's not clear. What does that, that, that means nothing. Get the economy running again. Okay, that's just like saying end poverty. Like, okay, great. Uh, you know, stop AIDS. Okay, fantastic. But that's not a plan. That's more like hope and change. That's more like Obama style. The plan is, you know, targeted guidelines based on what you expect. But isn't that already what failed? Didn't they already do targeted guidelines based on models? What were their guidelines? There was no when they never said when the cases hit this will open. Right. They're just constantly changing what they'll do when every week it's different. One week, you know, we can't open like. They were saying salons, you know, you can't open them. And it's like two days later, okay, all the salons can open. You know, that's the the problem. But what what number? So let's say they set a number. Let's imagine that they set a number, right? They should sit down and say, when is it a a state of emergency? Let's start off with that. What determines it's a public health emergency? What does the risk have to be? How many people have to die? And who determines that? Well, they've determined that. Who is they? They, the the governors, the whoever can declare an emergency. It seems like nowadays, you know, the, the local dog catcher can say it's a national yes, emergency yes. and get give themselves, you know, extra treats to like give the dogs, you know. So who decides who has the authority? This see this they, these... no one has the authority. Okay. But if you're gonna pretend you have the authority, right. at least, you know, have some prowess, takes like if you're gonna pretend to be a leader, lead. But wh- but the people who are pretending to be leaders are already not leaders. So every single governor, the president of the United States, well, every some, senator, they're not leaders. They're pretending to be leaders. They're actors. Because you can't... see but real some leaders are better could, than others. I want good actors. Sure. Well, do you want good actors or do you want good leaders? Because I don't think there are any good leaders that reach high levels in politics because the people who are good leaders go into something else. They go into some other field. They don't want to be involved in politics, the people who are good leaders. They go and they actually lead. They produce. They're not parasites. The people who are in politics are all a bunch of parasites. Why should I be looking to a parasite to tell me how to plan to get an economy going? These people have never had jobs. Besides Donald Trump, none of them have ever built anything. We must live in the world we are in, not the world we want to be, right? You're just talking about the world we want to be in, but the reality is... These guys have declared themselves in charge, and they have power. People listen to them. So I'm saying, use that power and make a concrete plan. When we have this many people dying, it's a national emergency, a health emergency. You know, As it gets safer and safer, we end it and have different parameters, different, like just at least do something. They can't just, they just said it's a health emergency based yes. on what? There was no... If 5% of the population is at risk, it's a health emergency, right? I'm saying at least move in that direction. The number they pick is going to be wrong, right? There's no okay. arbitrary number you can pick that exactly. justifies, you know, now it's a health emergency. Previously, it was not. Correct. So why do you want a number? If you're saying that why? there's no, no at least number that's there's good. accountability. There's no accountability right uh-huh. now. 
There's no, there's nothing you can do. They'll just say, oh, we're just going well, day by day. this is a good day. point. This is a very key point. So the politicians, and this is why politicians can't be leaders, is because their incentive is to do things where they will not have accountability if it fails and where they will be able to take credit if it su- succeeds. It is a set of perverse incentives. All politicians have them. You can't rise to the level of governor or president if you don't have those incentives. So I think that we're in a, a dangerous situation. Let's let's see what uh, – I think they're good points. Let's see what uh, Joe in Chattanooga, Tennessee has to say. He wants to, to sound off on this idea of who determines what an emergency is. Joe's listening on WGOW in Chattanooga. Joe, tell us what your thoughts are on this topic. Well, like, for example, you were saying, who determines what's an emergency, correct? Yes. Okay. So, in my thinking on that, is like, this time around, we heard nothing from the FCC in this matter. Really didn't. I mean, when I was growing up, we had emergency test tone signals and everything else. Mm-hmm. And there was going to be a national emergency, right? Yep. You remember what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yeah, those days where, you know, you'd get that annoying buzz and you'd go gather around the TV set or the radio and you'd sit there and listen to what was being said because that was the official take on the situation. This time we haven't had anything like that. What we've had is a bunch of conjecture, a bunch of um, hypothesis, um, some ideas to drink bleach as a solution from a elected official. Um a lot of guesswork, but we haven't had anything officially from the United States government saying, okay, people, this is what it is, because when we're, when we're talking about dissemination of information, communications, we're talking about, in this country, the Federal Communications Commission. And they have not really released anything officially from the United States government that says, pandemic time, everybody, hunker down. Yeah, and uh, Joe, if, hope- Joe if, you, if you want to stick around, we will talk about when we when we come back. If you want to stick around after the break, I'm interested to – this is an important question. I'm interested to get your thoughts on on who it should be, actually, that, that determines this. I mean, we're, we're trying to get to the bottom of this. Anybody else who wants to, to sound off on that, 855-450-FREE. Joe, stick around. We will uh, we'll get back with you when we're back from the break. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is the Friday Night Show. I am Vin. It's Alex. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can call in. Talk about whatever you'd like. The call-in number is 855-450-3733. That is 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. You can also call in on the Discord line, Discord chat line. That is discord.com. LRN.FM. We, before we left for the break, we're talking to Joe in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I am interested to know, Joe, what your opinion is on who should actually have the authority to call such a health emergency. So far, we've seen the President has done it in some cases. Governors have done it in some cases. I've seen county health officials do it in others. I've seen mayors do it in others. Joe, what do you think? Who, which, 
which of those people actually has the authority to to tell you that you can't leave your home, you can't open your business, et cetera, et cetera? None of them and all of them, of course. <laughs> it's it's a it, <laughs> I'm sorry, it was there. Somebody had to say it. Um Good. See, now here's what it is. Here's 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 I mean, you just named them off. Uh somebody's gonna get sick, they're gonna start showing signs and first first level would be okay. Um guessing that you might have family. Your family would turn around and say, Hmm, this guy looks pretty sick. We're going to take him to the doctor. And he ain't going to say boo about it. So the family would then get involved. And then the family would go to the doctor. The doctor would say, Mais l'ami, this guy is terrible. See, in Chattanooga, there's not any uh, American doctors. Um, anyway, um, they, he'd, he'd then call foul on this, too. And he'd call the, the local um, uh, board of health. They'd come in and say, yeah, this is pretty bad. And it uh, looks like it's contagious. So family, uh, get that room next to him. Do you think that the Board of Health should be the, the ones then? Do you think that it should uh, that they should be able to say now to everybody in the county, let's say if it's a county Board of Health, that they should be able to say to everybody at that point, everybody's quarantined, everybody's locked down. At what level does it have to rise? Should it be at the county level? Should it be the, the – can the mayor do it? Because there have been several mayors that have done it of, of major cities. Oh, should good it Lord, be no. Where should it be? No. Where should it be? No, the mayor's, you know, that that authority doesn't come within one person. Mm -hmm. We are a country of checks and balances. I mean, if if we're going to be a country, we've got to have checks and balances. You know, judicial, legislative, uh, enforcement, the the whole nine yards has to be on board. I mean, if it's not, then you're going to have some buffoonery that's uh, quite honestly what we have here. We have, first of all, uh, the first first wave of, of information came from where? Of course, the Internet. And we all know how regulated and safe the internet is. Wow, it's I mean, it's just hey, get your kids on, buddy, and let them just have at it because it's as safe as it can be. And that's where our information came from this time and before it ever got validated, any of it got checked out. It spread like wildfire because you know, hey, make sure let let's get this uh, on the internet and make it epic. You know, everybody's got to be epic. You know, the kids got to go out and lick everything in the grocery store as fast as possible because it's the trend. Hey, Tide Pods, let's eat Tide Pods. Oh, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it it went kind of in in hysteria mode. And I want to push back on that. Was it the internet or the WHO, right? Because it seemed that what happened is the WHO is like, oh, this death rate is so high. And everyone started freaking out when they saw in Italy people were dying left and right. And then they said, oh, you know, we're not going to get reelected unless we act like we're doing something. So then everyone started locking down all of a sudden. That seems to be what What? I saw. Yeah, well, WHO, I mean, uh, the World Health Organization, I mean, who's to say that they didn't get on the the Internet and start it? We don't know who started it, where it came from. And, of course, if a pandemic breaks out in Italy and they think, this is pretty bad. And look over there in America, you have a dancing guy that's just just a you know a laughing stock. Nobody's going to believe anything that, he, or he's not going to believe anything that we tell him. So we're going to have spreads on the internet to get around because this is that type of situation. So we're we're you know not just the the generations at hand. Uh, I think globally in the course of history, we've never had a global communications system that each person can participate with this is this is a this is a very good point uh joe thank thank you for your call i have said on this alex that 
if we, I think that there's a big problem of trying to look for blame in this whole thing. I think that, again, a lot of this is a global communications network and a set of perverse incentives. Everybody can communicate. Everybody's got these... There's too many weird incentives. So many of the incentives are for stay at home. That I mean, now we literally have businesses like Amazon, for instance, one of the most important and powerful businesses around. Amazon does a lot better if you stay at home. Netflix does a lot better if you stay at home. All Microsoft, the video, Microsoft, Google, Google, all the video game companies are releasing their latest and greatest consoles and everything right when the lockdown is happening. And almost every Fortune 500 company is going to clean up because they're the only ones that are going to be left. Right? Imagine you're some big hotel chain and you can get access to zero percent loans exactly. versus their family. Exactly. You know, bed and breakfast, they're done. There's no loans for them. There's no way they can sell bonds to the, you know, central bank. So it's this is a huge transfer of wealth from the little guy to the big guy. Well, or or well, let's say this. Yes, it is, but there's also a move, and I think it's important that we talk about this that this this crisis has checked off a lot of boxes. One of the scary boxes that it checks off that I've spoken on Free Talk Live about many times is this universal basic income idea, UBI. I feel like you talked about frog in a pot. I feel like that quote-unquote stimulus check was the beginning of the frog in the pot. Yeah, they, they can't introduce UBI until they get the payment system set up. So they're yes. testing it out. How hard is it? To pay America, let's just try like a thousand bucks, right? How hard is it to do just one time? Mm-hmm. Once we nail it, get everyone, you know, in the system, mm-hmm. and then we'll work on the debit card or the special bank mm-hmm. account, and and that that will be the end of any hope of uh, you know revolution, political or otherwise. Is that if you're giving the bread and circus is complete, right? We were talking yes. earlier. That's what yes. keeps people passive. There's unlimited circus now. Thanks to the internet, Netflix, yes. YouTube, all of that. But the bread is starting to run out, and that's why people are protesting. But if yes. you can give them, you know, just enough in the bread and circus, it wasn't like they were giving them steak, right? They're giving them some still bread. Yes. So that like UBI, bare minimum poverty line level, enough to buy your, you know. Your- well, and the poverty line keeps increasing as you keep printing money because they printed money to do this. So you're going to the poverty line is going to increase increase. I mean, I'm seeing here Forbes.com. I believe this is from yes, this is today. Headline $2000 per person plus 2000 per child. Monthly economic crisis support act would send payments to over 90% of Americans. Now mind you, this is Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders. So this is a like highly socialist proposition but i also feel like it is an attempt to move the overton window i feel like getting people used to it this suggestion mind you this is in forbes they are taking this serious they're actually like reporting on this as if this was a thing in a, a financial magazine reporting on a government saying that it's going to give look i've got two kids right so you're saying my wife and two kids we would pull in eight thousand dollars a month in the Mariana islands where we pay no tax to the federal government well this would be tax-free money it should uh, you would assume like why would you print it and then tax it you know well, what I you're mean? working right so you were you're paying the money's coming from you so it's really like you know they're right, giving right. fair enough taking it from one pocket fair and giving enough. it to the other pocket. well 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 but they're not because they're printing it they don't have any money 
So this is this is printed out of thin air. I mean, that's what they did with this last stimulus. I mean, it was just printed. So I think it was borrowed. A large part of it. I think the government's borrowing like three trillion dollars. Well, the it's, second yes, quarter. yes, yes, yes. All printing is obviously borrowing, right? So so there's they can't just put the numbers, right? They actually have to sell these, sell this. But well, they could print it. Printing it would almost be better in a way that. You know, borrowing it, the future generations have to pay. Your kids are on, well, if your kids stay in the Marion Islands, they're not on the hook for anything. But, you know, the average American family, their kids are on the hook for it, their grandkids. I mean, imagine you, you by the time the kid born today turns 18, there could be $40, $50 trillion in debt. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, and I feel like we're approaching that, but you're absolutely right about the bread and circuses comment. I had not really thought about it. It's interesting that in the story that we talked about in our first hour about this Texas salon woman, that when she was in front of the judge, she specifically said, and he said, apologize for being selfish. She said, it's not selfish to feed my children. It and what really is bread. Kamala Harris here? We got to get the bread money stat. And bread money. That's what they're doing. Ooh, yeah, let's we'll talk about this. We'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about. If you want to call in 855-450-3733, free we want to hear from you. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, the Friday show. We're here in Saipan, Northern Marianas Islands. I am Vin. It's Alex. If you'd like to join us, you can call in. Call in number is 855-450-3733. That is 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Uh, And speaking of freedom, for years, libertarians of all stripes have wanted a directory of liberty-minded business. We're helping to build one, liberty.menu. Liberty.menu is a tool for your community. At its core is a directory for events, businesses, and digital content. Oh, and more. Listings can be rated and reviewed. There's a bit of a social network so you can connect and share with others. Use of Liberty.menu is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. Put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu and use code FTL to get a special badge. That's liberty.menu, and use code FTL to get a special badge. We were talking about UBI, Universal Basic Income. I've been saying that that has to be a big part of this whole lockdown narrative because, as Alex has so brilliantly pointed out, it's always about bread and circuses. you got to have the bread and the circuses. We're seeing civil disobedience because the bread appears to be running out. Yeah. And... Here we have Forbes. The headline: two thousand per person, two thousand dollar per person plus two thousand dollar per child monthly economic crisis support act would send payments to over ninety percent of Americans. I find the names of these things really interesting. It's like 
Monthly Economic Crisis Support Act. If it's a crisis, what are they saying? That this crisis is going to last forever? And Because once you turn on the spigot and you give people $2,000 a month for doing nothing and $2,000 per child, if you want to see revolution, try taking that away. Yeah. Try taking it – like you think civil disobedience is bad now. Try taking away somebody's paycheck that you've yeah. – that their free money. It's just like taking a kid's allowance away. Well, they've done it once already with the lockdown, right? They mm. took away the paycheck. It's not taking away paychecks. That's the problem. It's taking away handouts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's where people draw the line. You know, Once you get hooked on that heroin of free money, there's no going back. No. But the paycheck, it's like, oh, I can get a new job. Or it's right. like uh, you know, people switch jobs all the time. It's a different mentality. But once you get hooked on, it's a benefit. It's a right. It's so, our right as Americans to have UBI. It's right there in the Constitution. You see it? <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Supreme Court will find it unless Trump is reelected. I think even if he is reelected, I, what I see with this is I see a $2,000 bribe. Yes, but I see this as the the quintessential Overton window moving. So the idea with the movement of the Overton window is that you you say something outrageous so that you have moved the window of what is considered beyond the pale politically. You move it so that people will actually be willing to do that. If you would have told people last year this time, you would have said $2,000 per person plus $2,000 per child. I guarantee you all but the most socialist, communist people in the United States would have said, what are you talking about? But I guarantee you, even though this is being brought up by Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris, that there are red state Republicans with back the blue stickers on their car, flying Gadsden flags, who are like, hmm, so Oh, sounds pretty good to me. I think yeah. I could go for that. I, I need that right now. Yeah, Andrew Yang's a thousand dollars a month. That wasn't enough. But wasn't every, enough. every man has a price, and it's been falling for decades. And I think Kamala might be onto something. What is I, the price for the American soul? What at what price? Two thousand per person. This sounds about right. It's what it sounds like. Let's go to the phones. Talk a little more about this. We've got. James in Arizona, he is listening on YouTube. James, what say you, sir? There was even a kernel of truth in this alt-right, white-wing wing, um, mind about what you and Alex have been talking about for the last 20 minutes. You have the moral obligation to move back to the mainland and declare war on our government. That, by the way, is the same government that allows you and your show to be on YouTube, on the Internet, and is protecting you and Alex from an invasion from the world's most evil government, China. Are, are you saying that we are alt, are you saying that we are alt, that we are expressing alt-right views on this show? Is that what you're, that, I call what you're you saying? An, I call you an alt-white, right-wing progressive. For instance, did you, you, did you say alt, you alt, alt from white? Did you, you say alt Race, gender, and class. Hence, for race? example, I'm white what? soccer mom, white soccer mom. Yes. What difference does the her station in life or her color have to do with anything? Oh, look, I, I will. From the world, 
I'm going to I'm going to put you I'm going to put you on hold and I'm going to actually tell you. So if you ask a question, then you have to wait for the answer. I'll let you back on, but I'm going to give you the answer first of why because I already did say it of why it matters that she is a white soccer mom. The reason why it matters that she is a white soccer mom is because we have not seen from that particular demographic in this country at least in my lifetime. We have not seen that particular demographic being uh, anti-state or particularly being willing to go to jail in civil disobedience. And so it, because of that fact, it is a, a particularly remarkable event that that happened. It would be a lot less of an event were it myself or were it Alex because we are openly outspoken about our and uh, you know our that that we um, I'm going to choose my words carefully here. We are openly outspoken that we are skeptical of the legitimacy of the state as it is being expressed. But this woman, even to the judge, said, "I have never been in a position like this, and never thought that I would be in a position like this." And that is why it is notable. Uh, it doesn't specifically have anything to do with race. It has more to do with the fact that we have not, from that particular demographic, seen this, and therefore that's why it's remarkable. So if you'd like to ask your next next question, I'm going to uh, take you off hold. Go right ahead. You repeated a lot of stuff that you've already said, and I'll repeat what I just said. You just proved you viewed the world through a prism of race, gender, and class, and you harped on that point and made my point beautifully. And you took over my call and have had more to speak than I have a caller to your show. That's a caller-driven show. So, But respond to the more relevant point of all the garbage that you two loony bins, and literally you're the reasons why I left the Libertarian Party. Because conspiracy mongers, the people that's all, all anti-government as much as you are, they're not evil people that run Google, Facebook, Twitter, or all the other forms and plat platforms that you guys are still on, and the government, if they're doing what you say they're doing on purpose, in other words, that it's a pandemic, you Did, have, 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 have we used that term? You have, have we used? No, I okay, I'm going to put you on hold. Oh, I'm going to put you on hold again. If you're going to tell us what we've said that we've done, that's fine. But if you're going to, if if you want. To say that we are not representing ourselves correctly, I'm going to hold you to the same standard. If you're going to say that we have said it was a pandemic when we haven't, or if you're going to characterize the words that we have used in a way that we haven't used, then we can't really have a discussion. I'm willing to talk to you and characterize your words in what you have said. I'm willing to listen to you, but you're not going to remain on the show, and nor is anybody else while I have control over this thing because it's not productive if you're going to say that we have said things that we haven't. I think that we've been very measured and we've been very clear in what we've said. So if you'd like to, to rephrase that, and if you would like to make your point, I'm going to take you off hold. Go right ahead, James from Arizona. Oh, did I hurt your feelings by labeling what you have been saying for the last 15 minutes? All right, well, James, you had your chance. You had your chance, and goodbye, James. So when we come back, <laughs> we are happy to take your calls. Uh, we are happy to talk about anything that you would like to talk about. But what I think is important as we are here today is let's get on a search for Let's actually search for truth. If we've been wrong, if we've said something incorrect, if we've said something that has not been factual or has not been logical,
This is Free Talk Live. We are coming to you from Saipan, Commonwealth of the Northern Marianas Islands. I am Vin. It's Alex. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can talk about anything you want. Call in line 855-450-3733-855-450. Free, as in freedom. We're talking about the moving of the Overton window. The idea that things that were formerly thought to be absurd are now actually within the realm, politically, where people can do things. It's interesting. This goes to this old quote... I think it was most made famous by Rahm Emanuel, who was the former chief of staff of Obama and mayor of Chicago, who said, you never let a crisis go to waste because during a crisis, you can do things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. And so it is ironic or fateful, perhaps, that the Forbes article about the latest universal basic income proposal, $2,000 per person plus $2,000 per child, monthly economic crisis support act would send payments to over 90% of Americans, $2,000 per person plus $2,000 per child. That's more than the median income of the like four-person family, right? I, I think the craziest part about this is that it says if you earn less than 130 thousand dollars per year so i'm assuming that that's like combined income if you earn less than one hundred thirty thousand dollars per year then you do not get this stimulus or you do get it if you earn less and it's every american age 16 or older whoa well this this seems like the ultimate policy then you basically destroyed the family as a result because every 16 year old Right, they're getting rebellious. They're like, you know, I can drive now. You can't tell me what to do. I've got my UBI, mom. And now that they have this two thousand in cash, right? They're like, I'm moving out. Me and my friends, you know, we rented the place. We're gonna do whatever we want, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. Yeah, it's. But again, this is the movement of the Overton window. We both know this is coming from Kamala Harris and uh, Bernie, two failures of a presidential candidates. Yes, completely. But rejected by the the left wing party of America, they don't even support them. So let's not pretend like, you know, this is establishment policy. But well, you know, Kamala Harris has risen as far as I mean, she is a senator from the state of California. That's no joke. Well, it is a joke, right? California, you know, they're not like Trump said about Mexico, right? California is not sending its best. Mm. Right. If you're a real capable person in California, you're running a billion dollar tech startup or venture capital firm or like it's a at the top end. It's a very, very wealthy, successful state. Mm -hmm. It also has it's one of the poorest states by the census supplemental income measure. Hmm. But at the top level, it's the richest state. They're doing very well. So if she were really a capable person, why would she give up those very very nice private sector wages ability to Mm. produce companies that have like millions of dollars in output per worker to go to the senate i don't think so i think that you know this is the best she could do Mm. she's a a good liar and thus she got elected but when it goes to the national stage i mean she she was dropped out very early in the race no name candidates 
you know, Buttigieg and mm-hmm, you know all mm-hmm. these others go way way further than she did. So I don't think she's uh, very power. She's powerful in California for sure. Sure, she's built up her networks of sure. corruption and funding yes. and all of that kind of stuff. But at the national level, she's not. Res- I mean, her own father was talking her down left and right during her own campaign, mm. just saying how embarrassed he is of her and all that kind of stuff. And mm. Bernie was, you know, he tried twice, you know, third time's the charm, maybe. I don't think so. Third time's probably going to be the uh, the funeral. So we are looking at them being used to move this window. I think that we can anticipate that the right is not going to say, no, people shouldn't have checks. And it hasn't really been that. It's not about that people shouldn't get checks. It's about who's been che- who should get checks and should they be forgivable loans to business people or should they be just outright checks to everybody. It's about who – It's a, this is a, being used about political power. This is a, a game of power. They're using this crisis to, to gain more power for the state. But – People are going to give it up. Now is the time. Like, they'll take the check. People will sell their souls. They'll absolutely do it. I I think as long as uh, Mitch McConnell is in charge, there will not be a UBI. He seems to be... He understands incentives, right? Mm. He might be bought and paid for by various you know corporate interests and all of that, but that's because he understands incentives. Some of these others, they're just crazy, right? Bernie, I don't think there was anyone behind him giving him money, doing any of that. It's just he really believes this stuff. Yeah. He's honeymooning yeah. in the Soviet Union. Like this yeah. guy, he's praising Venezuela. You know, he's a true believer. Yeah. Whereas the people in charge on the right, they're far more competent. And, you know, the, the corporations are not going to allow this much UBI. If you're talking 1,000, maybe. But even then, I think Mitch McConnell would push back against that. The only way it would go through is if Trump forced it through. I think the, on the Republican side, it's possible Trump could just say, you know, I need this to get elected. We're pushing this through. I'm going to destroy you like I destroyed Jeb Bush and all the others Low if you go against Jeb. me. <laughs> so I think there is a fear of Trump, and that's the only possible way it could go through. But as of now, I think Mitch McConnell's you know, he's been pretty harsh. He doesn't even want to bail out the states, right? All these states, I mean, in the U.S. Mariana Islands, our budget's half of what it needs to be to fund the government, right? Mm-hmm. Until we got a bunch of uh, education money this week, the schools were probably not going to open for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. They didn't have enough mm-hmm. money. They, they were saying, oh, maybe we could open like half days, like three days a week and, you know, in October and November, but even then, we don't know. Whereas, like, Mitch McConnell's just like, well, you know, you guys should have, why are you so over budget, so expensive? Like, take personal responsibility. So if he's yeah, been able politicians to... politicians taking personal responsibility, though, seems like a... a, 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 a uh, that seems like a bridge too far. I mean, as we as we've talked about. Right, taking, right. Fair enough. Fair if enough. he... When the death rate, they're talking about 10% death rate in Italy... If then he wasn't willing to bend, mm. I feel that it's even less likely he'll be willing to bend now when the death rate is lower and you know there's more and more Republicans speaking out saying, you know, we got to open up, we got to open up. It, at the peak, they should have pushed this through. That would have been more successful. Now, I think what they're going to do is a, a big infrastructure bill. Mm. Like a, I think that's possible. So you're saying like a, a, a New Deal type of 
plan. They're going to try to build roads and bridges and put up more 5G towers. We've got uh, Vernon from Louisiana. He's been on, he's been on hold. Let's let Vernon uh, chime in and see. Vernon, what would you like to talk about? Uh, well, I wanted to ask you all what you all thought about the Libertarian candidate. I heard an interview the other day from him, and it sounds—I don't know. What do you all think? All right, if you're talking about Justin Amash, I think we could probably talk about uh, him in just a second. We will uh, talk about that. Stay on the line. When we come back from break, we will talk all about the uh, Libertarian candidate. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. This is Free Talk Live, the Friday show coming to you from the Northern Marianas Islands. I am Vin. It's Alex. And we would love to have you join us. You can talk about anything that you would like to talk about. Call in number is 855 450 3733. That is 855 450 free. Of course, we are discussing. The leadership, or let's say lack of leadership, that is taking place around the country. Uh, we were going to discuss the libertarian. We had a caller who it looks like he is he has left now. Uh, he wanted us to talk about the. He said the libertarian candidate before we had to go to break. I think he may have been talking about Justin Amash saying that he was interested in running as a libertarian party candidate i guess that he had he had dipped out of the republican party he had left what was called the freedom caucus i find it interesting uh, to the point of justin amash i've been following him a little bit but i do find it interesting how he himself a uh, quote unquote libertarian was in support of UBI, actually literally suggesting, oh, instead of doing these bailouts to companies, why don't we give monthly checks out to average Americans? Well, that's universal basic income. So, Well, I could I could make an argument for it as okay, well. Go, please do. Is there an argument for it? I mean, I don't really see the so argument. So it all started with uh, Charles Murray, the infamous, the bell curve guy. Okay. And the intelligence, so for the, the bell curve, what made him uh, infamous was he said that Fundamentally, or what people caught in that in his in his book was that different races have different IQs, right? That was what most yeah. people took away that was controversial. It was like five pages of a six hundred page book. Exactly. But that's like all he'll be known for for the future, right? But one of the other his other works included proposing um, limiting the federal bureaucracy and replacing it with just straight cash payments. Hmm. So why do we have like Five, ten different government assistance programs, you know, food stamps and WIC and housing support and mm. all of these programs. They all have administrators and jobs and applications and all of this kind of stuff. 
And it, instead of doing all of that, why not just give every American、uh, a small amount of money a year, and that will allow to save a ton of money on bureaucracy costs and be more efficient. It's kind of like、hmm. mil- a building on Milton Friedman's negative income tax, where he said,、hmm. "Let the people have the money; they know what to do with it better." If you, you know, it's like people take their EBT cards and like sell the EBT card money and yes, you know yes, all these、common. scams so they can get their money and do what they want with it. So let's just save the time, the fraud, all of that, and just give them the straight cash. So I think that is a compelling argument. Where if you know, obviously it's not ideal, but it's I'd rather not have millions of federal employees who are going to vote to、mm. keep their jobs、mm-hmm. safe, who are not at all invested in the economy. They don't care because they have a cushy job. Could be depression or economic boom. Nothing changes for them. So you get rid of all of those employees and replace them with a monthly check. I think you could get a lot of、uh, efficiency improvements if it was limited. You need to have a constitutional amendment that would say, in the clearest lettering possible, you know, this is no time for、mm. you know judicial activism. We're going to spell it out so clear. This one section is going to be longer than the entire rest of the Constitution, just so we make it abundantly clear. This is tied to an inflation index; it can't rise more than X percent a year. If you want to amend this section of the Constitution, you need to have like a super super majority, like just because that's the real threat of the UBI. I think a UBI in general is more efficient than many of the government programs、mm. we have, but the problem is every election after that is going to be a bidding war. On voters, who you one thousand a month, Andrew Yang, get out of here. I'm going to do two thousand. I'm going to do three thousand, and just you know, we'll spiral out of control very quickly. But if you set it up、uh, constitutionally protected, I think you could actually reduce the state in many ways and incentivize all these government workers to care about the state of the economy and to be productive members as well. I I think it's、uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's a it. It, it is interesting always when we're dealing with, you know, I mean, at that time, Murray he's suggesting interesting ideas. I mean, I think that this is something that is now even the people who would be against the other stuff in the bell curve are for. It's very important when we're talking about propaganda and whatnot that we, that there are other sources and that people can actually hear things like what they hear on Free Talk Live. I think also、uh, it's a perfect opportunity for us to talk about Freedom's Phoenix. Which is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. Do you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty? Freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stand up,、uh, to stay up to、uh, up to date on science, tech, technology, historical findings, liberty news, and government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S. Phoenix.com. Freedomsphoenix.com. Let's go to the phones and. Talk to Stan in Ohio. He's listening on WSDT, and he's talking about、uh, let's not let's not worry about working. Shouldn't we worry about working, Stan? Oh heavens, forbid work. We'll all quit work. <laughs> That's the first thing we'll do. We'll all just stop working altogether. Then、okay. we'll have the Treasury print nothing but money, and they'll send us a big box full of money every month. We'll buy all our food, buy ourselves a new car, its clothes. You know our Vani、uh, suits. You know the、yes. nice ties and everything, the, the Bruno Mali shoes and so forth. You know, and live well. I mean, why work when the Treasury can make all the money we need? 
And, well, who's well, going to grow the know. food that I'm buying, and who's going to who's going to make my Bruno Modley shoes? Well, that's easy. You you get them in the store. They're in little boxes. <laughs> now the milk comes in these plastic containers. Okay, and the and the vegetables are sitting on this big tray, and in a cooler and a chiller in the supermarket. <laughs> they, they're automatically there. They magically appear. Have yes, you considered running you, for office? Don't you listen to the brilliance of Ocasio Cortez? For God's sake, <laughs> I think She's Stan. I think brilliant. I mean, for God's sakes, why work? Stay home. I think you're bringing up a bringing up actually a very very good point here. The fact well, that you. the fact that this is a what you're saying has actually become something that that politicians and not just politicians but but people who are supposed to be intellectuals can actually go on TV and can actually say and be taken seriously by the supposed journalist that's sitting on the other side of them that that to me is frightening yeah and i think the right. best they, point is the, the stuff tree. right when you talk about There's how everything tree. will just be in the store because the money stuff you can print money like that is you know unfortunately it seems to work you can just keep borrowing right. and printing mm-hmm. And the consequences. Oh, by the way, half date. a day, half a day, half a day to you too. Half a day to you as well. That's our uh, yeah, equivalent of aloha. Much, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, aloha, the joke is, uh, you know, half a day work days. You know, that's why everyone says <laughs> half a day because you know, you know, only work half right. a day on the island. But you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> <laughs> that's called island time. Yes, yeah. I, 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 well, I, I think that Stan, we, I, I think that people like AOC. You know, they right. use this rhetoric to get themselves into a position of power right. and to further their personal political goals. But I don't think that most of those people thought that a day would ever come when people were actually going to be like, okay, well, let's do it. I think that those people right. always thought that there would be pushback. And now I, I wonder what they're going to do when these sorts of actions destroy the economy and they are the ones who are left uh, to blame for it they got to find somebody to blame. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're um, going to say, I we just need more. If the UBI right. was $10,000, you know, we didn't adjust for inflation. That was our mistake. All we need to do is add the uh, the 10% yearly inflation adjustment we now have now, and everything will work out perfectly. Oh, by the way, this is the Jesus is Bob Hope theory of logic. Have you not heard of that before? Bob is hope, Jesus is hope, Jesus is Bob, therefore Jesus is Bob Hope. <laughs> I, I, I love it, I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the call, Stan. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that one of the most important things is to show how absurd some of the logic of people who are actually in power is. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for that, Stan. Uh, we'd love to hear This is Free Talk Live, the Friday show, coming to you from Saipan, Northern Marianas Islands. I am Vin. It's Alex. We've got a little more time left on the show, and we would love to hear from you. You can call in 855-450-3733. That is 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. You can also call in on the Discord on-air call-in lines. If you got the Discord app, you can just simply go to discord.lrn.fm. It'll open it right up. We would love to hear from you. And we would also like to thank our amplifier of the day, Libertariat. Yeah, thank you very much, Libertariat, for being a platinum member. And we don't ask everyone to be a platinum member. 
all we ask is you donate $5 a month to the Amplifier program. And you do this so you can help spread the ideas of liberty, free speech, and I think most importantly, a discourse, right? Where else can you call in to discuss what's going on, share your opinions, and help change the world? So if you believe in those type of things, please join the AMP program. That's Advertise, Market, and Promote. And you can go to Free Talk Live's website to find out more. And yes, absolutely, the support is always important. It helps the station to, uh, excuse me, it helps the the program to get out to more stations and to disseminate the message of freedom. I think, as you said, though, Alex, the most important aspect of this program is that is it is really free talk. I, I and and I honestly I have my own political beliefs and my own ideas, but I if someone wants to call up and wants to refute those and wants to have a conversation, wants to argue about it, you and I don't see eye to eye on everything. I think it's important if we take each other seriously and we want to discuss our disparate views, that's how that is a part of being free. That is a part of living in a free society. If you want a free society, you're going to have to uh, at least take people, uh, give people the benefit of the doubt until they show you that they are wanting to take your freedoms away. You know, people can have other other opinions, and and value is subjective. You know, that's part of a free market. Yeah, it's uh, what's that expression? When peaceful revolution becomes impossible, violent revolution becomes inevitable. Indeed, and you know, giving people a voice is is key if you want peaceful peaceful revolution. So, I, and I remind everyone of that. And I think that. That's been one of the scary outcroppings of this coronavirus has been people going out onto the streets, protesting, they're, you know, utilizing their First Amendment rights, although I don't, you know, there shouldn't have to be amendments about it. We should have learned in school as Americans that these are God-given rights, and even the founders of the country said that. They said, government doesn't give it to you. God gives you these rights. They're just ha- they just happen to be enumerated in the Bill of Rights because they knew that tyrants would try to take them away. And the fact that under a quote-unquote health emergency, people cannot assemble and they cannot petition the government for a redress of their grievances. The main grievance being, why am I a healthy individual locked in my house? Yeah, for me, the biggest question right now is, what is a health emergency? Mm-hmm. I would love for someone to answer that. Is, it, is the flu a health emergency? Mm-hmm. How many times more deadly does it have to be from the flu to become a health emergency? Well, clearly, it doesn't have to be any more deadly than the flu to be a health emergency. I think we've clearly seen that. Diarrhea kills 1.6 million people a year worldwide how about cigarettes how about oh. obesity you know so many Massive. things are killing tons of people and no one blinks an eye but it so i just don't understand what makes something a health emergency if we could start by defining that and now we if you know the so-called people declaring health emergency could define what is a health emergency what are the parameters it has to meet and how they define those, the emergency probably would have been over in about two weeks when they discovered, you know, turns out the death rates are not 10%. Despite what you may think from watching CNN, you know, in Italy, one of the worst places, 75% of people over 80 survived. Yes. 
You would think it would be like a hundred percent fatality rate no, of anyone close. over sixty-five, yeah, no. based on like the fear-mongering you see on TV. But like people, eighty is like the average lifespan, right? It's like yes. the, I've I've even heard people say that the average age of death is higher than the average lifespan in the country. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds so right. Yeah, it it is. Uh, here's here's my belief in again assuming human stupidity before I assume organized malevolence. I think that there are great incentives to not define what a health emergency is and for this to never end. And here's why I believe that. At the top, Donald Trump, you know, he tweeted out. He couldn't go to any rallies or anything. But instead, what he started doing was he started doing these daily briefings. And then he tweeted out about his ratings, that he had better ratings than Monday Night Football for his... Press conferences. And it's like, wait a minute. Tweeting out about ratings? Cuomo on TV every single day. Before that, who who in the country, even in New York, you didn't see, maybe you saw Cuomo on the news every once in a while. If he had a rally or something, like only his most stalwart supporters, nobody cared. Those guys didn't get to get on TV. Now, any, there was just a Ventura, some guy in Ventura County, Ventura County Health whatever you know and and people are and they've got the sign language person next to them like they're so important that even those who who are hearing impaired must be able to see this important message about we've got a plan and it's a phased plan we've got somebody planning the phases and they're phasing in to plan the phases and we've got a phase plan to phase the plan and it, it there is nothing there it is vacuous but these guys get to get on, and girls, women, women, I'm sorry, get to get on TV and they get their shine on in a way that nobody else, who cared about these people? Fauci gets to be called, you know, they say, oh, he's going to, he's up for the most sexiest man or whatever, Fauci. And it's like, come on, man. That's what these incentives are about. Why would they want to stop? Why would they want to turn it off? Why would they want to turn off? There's going to be movies and books and and Netflix documentary with tigers and, you know, it's going to be, yeah, it's, there's definitely some bad incentives, but I don't think it's as simple as that. Really? You don't think it's as simple as incentives? Okay. I changed my mind. I think it's not not just the the narcissist incentives. It's the other incentives. I think that. The biggest incentive at play here is the risk aversion of elected officials. Mm. So I'd, I'd say it's not about the spotlight. They love the spotlight, but what they love more is getting reelected. Mm. And their biggest worry is it's better to like act wrong. If we all act wrong together and anyone who tries to you know give an alternative position, alternative plan, we just crush them as if they hate, you know, they hate grandma. Then we can all we no one loses because we're all on the same page. There was no alternative. It was like you know, lockdown or lockdown. We made the only choice possible. Who who had another option? But why? So then, what it sounds like to me then is that there is no incentive for these lockdowns to ever be let up. Uh, like that, we could be in lockdown for generationally. It will depend on the once the election comes. You know, we'll they'll see the polls. If the polls, it's. It always comes back to the Are you people. talking about the November election? 
Yeah. So you're saying that people should, and I actually believe this. I do think people should count on these lockdowns continuing in a pretty. No, I'm not saying they'll can. Okay, go ahead. I'm not saying how long they'll last. I'm saying the motivation. Got it. The motivation is that Got it. if we stay open and a bunch of people die, our opposition like the, in the primary, mm. our our fellow Democrats or Republicans will primary against us and say, you know, the Grim Reaper killed Grandma. How could you reelect them? This person should be, you know, have a Nuremberg trial for the genocide they committed, right? Right. They're going to be going crazy, and the media is going to be cheering them on. It's going to be like, you know, even more fear porny than it is now. Mm. So that's the biggest incentive, I think, keeping the lockdown going. And what they're going to do now is they're going to open up a little bit and then mm. come back, then open up and say, you know, we tried. Look, we said we're going to open up, then it spiked, and we came back. Like we're doing. We're responsible. We're taking actions. We're listening to the scientists, the experts. You know, they're going to deflect the blame and just say, like, what could we have done better? Like, do you want us to risk everyone's lives? We can't do that. You know, we have a duty to the people to say, if it just saves one life, if just one life is saved, it was all worth it. And the news will parrot it over and over again. Like, oh, what the a, hero what a, Cuomo, what a, he's what saved everyone. What a different narrative from, you know, a hundred years ago where it was like if freedom costs thousands hundreds of thousands of lives it's worth it i mean this is the same country that dropped up two atomic bombs and killed innocent civilians and did you know sanctions in iraq and they're like it's worth it but they're like now no one life we've got to lock you down man it's uh it's a yeah, sad it's state, sad of, state things, of things but there's been some hope in the last week or so and that can continue if you yes you you step it up and stand up for your rights. That's right. Free Talk Live. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com. You know what's really smart? Wash your hands frequently, practice social distancing, and stay home if told to do so. You know what's really dumb? To ignore your immune system. Right now, more than ever, your health depends on a strong immune system. The experts at Immunicorp will give you their seven-step guide to immunity for life, free. Why? Because we want you to be smart and healthy. Simply call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunocorp has been producing the world's leading immune system products for more than two decades. To get your free seven-step guide to immunity for life, call 800-446-3063. 800-446-3063. Be smart. Don't ignore your immune system. Your life depends on it. Call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunityforlife.com. 